0: Will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? This is Titmouse. That's Booby. We're on the run from deep throat agent hunter killers as we run the maze of the dark streets of doom. We know the secrets. We have names and we're not afraid to use them. Our entire nest was blown. The innocents died in ignorance. We will not be like them. We will not be taken down by the man. We will melt into the populace until the secret plans can be revealed, clues left in Wordle and the Junior Jumble. America must know, and we must tell them. If we don't make it, if even part of our message is lost, just remember the names. Titmouse and Booby, they're the keys. They will open the locks to Max Mike movies! (laughs) We're nearly out of theories in our series Conspiracy! This week it's Three Days of the Condor, a 1975 Robert Redford and Faye Dunaway vehicle that promises to blow the doors wide open on the CIA. Or will it? To my right for a change, the booby of all boobies, bumbling and otherwise, is Uh, makeshift Max Levine. Spell a secret, Max. The aglets on the end of your shoelaces have a terrible purpose. But we won't speak of that here. And I am scruffy boy tit Mike Luce, laying an egg of peace. But first, before we get to the film, we're going to get to you. We're going to get to you. Yeah. Well, you've got this coming. Your, your answers, at least. Well, well yeah, Pat. question. Last week, we asked, What small-budget movie would have been absolutely ruined by having access to a bigger budget? You had these to say. Dave is <clears throat> Dave. I'm not getting a Dave. Oh, sorry. Dave. Dave. Apparently, won't start this morning. Too cold. <laughs> 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 are you my daddy? <laughs> Poor Dave. Yeah. Dave is up first with a very long answer, indeed. Quote: Small budget films are the best because the artist gets more control. Small-budget films must necessarily focus on the storytelling or on something so artistic that it'll keep us in our seats for two hours. Hmm. No amount of budget could make She's Gotta Have It a better film, for example. Perfect, or a waste, depending on your perspective, exactly as it is. Please, baby, please, baby, 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 please. Sure. Dark Star would not be improved by a budget. No amount of CG would improve the beach ball alien. Well, it has got a point there. Mm. In the 60s, Japan was cranking out 600 movies a year. Good God. Budget was irrelevant to quality. The good ones, e.g. Red Peony Gambler or Abashiri Prison 3, are star vehicles that somehow got things right. Seijun Suzuki was able to make Tokyo Drifter without a serious budget. Local hero didn't need more budget. Mm-hmm. Harold and Maude needed a bigger budget? I don't think so, mm. end quote. Wow, lots of food for thought. Mm. Thanks, Dave. Good stuff. And I nearly said uh, Suzuki right. Anyway, Benjamin Schleiss, although my mm. iPad decided to respell it Schlesinger, Benjamin Schleiss was next with, quote, just about all of them. Yeah. The small budget required the filmmakers to be creative and how they were going to do a thing, end quote. Thanks, Ben. Mm. Jess Miller offered, quote, "...the original Halloween. Something about how they had to make it work gave the whole movie a creepier and more realistic vibe to me." End quote. A lot of horror movies made for almost no money ended up becoming huge franchises. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Jessington. Adam Mark said, "...clerks! The script had to stand on its own since the Mm -hmm. film was shot for basically around $10,000 and it shines." Watching it today, it still feels fresh, end quote. And I, I would definitely agree with him there.
1: And I'm definitely not supposed to be here today.
0: <laughs> not even supposed to be here today. Yeah. Regan McStravick posted, quote, A friend of mine is the UPM-slash-EP on pretty much all of Darren Aronofsky's films. She has a story she tells about the making of The Wrestler. When they were first putting the package together, <laughs> Package. package. <laughs> they had Nicolas Cage attached, and they had a $20 million budget. Ooh. Darren wasn't sure this was the way to go and sat down with my friend and asked her opinion of the casting and if she thought Cage was a good choice. She responded, quote, I think he would be okay, but I think Mickey Rourke would be better, end quote. Aronofsky agreed wholeheartedly and then followed that question with another one. Quote, do you think we can make this film on six million? Because that's how much we'd lose if we cast Work instead of Cage, end quote. The answer, of course, was yes, and I am pretty sure it would have been a worse film with Cage, end quote. I think work made a big splash with that film, uh, didn't he? Or he didn't did. It? Actually, it was a pretty successful film. I think he actually
1: and got I mean, a, a nomination, didn't I he? I can't remember, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think there were a couple of uh, Oscar nods, but yeah. what do you expect when you have
0: one of the monkeys in your movie? <laughs> That's Mickey Dolenz. Oh, same thing. Very much. So if you think Mickey Rourke (laughs) and Mickey Dolenz are interchangeable, write us at... I loved Mickey
1: Dolenz in the Popo Greenwich Village. (laughs) Yeah, sure.
0: Oh, Charlie, they took my thumb. That was a brilliant Mickey Dolenz. I know, it was like he was right here in the room. Thank you for the story, Regan. Kelly Cooper was next with, quote, Attack the Block. I think if, yeah, I think if they had been given a bigger budget and tried to do better aliens, it would have distracted from a spectacular story. End okay, quote. Good point. Yeah, cool beans. Thanks, Kelly. Tyler Stewart gives us quote: "Never let me go. It's all about quiet desperation." End Ooh, quote. That oh, is... That's another movie for me to look up. Yeah, I don't know yeah. that either. But thank you, Tyler. Dr. Rebecca Pelkey has something very recent to add. Quote: "I just saw a horror film called Eradication at the Lake Placid Film Festival." My students and I agreed that the low budget worked really well for this film, and it would probably have gotten more complicated than it needed to be with more money. Hmm. It's on Tubi, which is spelled T-U-B-I, if yeah, anyone's interested, heard of it, end yeah. quote. Well, it's something new for us all. Thanks, Becca. Val Coons, insert joke here, mm-hmm. commented, quote, of course, the first one I thought of was strictly ballroom. It's oh. not the tiniest budget, true, hmm. but if it had been any bigger, brought in an international stars, etc., it wouldn't have the same charm. That made me think of another one, the commitments, and that in turn, once, end quote. Good choices all around. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Val. Q. fit steps. <clears throat> Brian Mundo... <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> Brian Mundo tosses up a good one, quote, Blair Witch. Not, not saying it was good, I would disagree. Mm-hmm. But for two dollars and eighty-five cents, they did good, and people still talk about it. End quote. Ooh, pretty scary, kids. Ooh, very scary. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, I, Blair. Wish I never have mm-hmm. been to a more silent theater, mm-hmm. fully sold out than <laughs> I've ever been with Bre- Blair Witch. Nobody said anything. Yeah. That and movie was, freaked me out pretty hard. Uh, I was hugging my knees. Lots and lots of good answers. Thank you, folks. How about you, Max? This was your question. Finally yeah, got that right. Mm. Uh, what what? film do you think on a small budget would have been far worse with a bigger budget?
1: That's easy. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was... The whole reason they used the coconuts was <laughs> they could not afford horses. That was the only... They wanted to use horses, and then there was like, how much? Yeah. And you know, they had a budget of about $11, or excuse me, £11. Yeah. But, uh, yeah.
0: What about you? Um, I'm gonna have to go with Deep House. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, Rogue Warfare 3? <laughs> okay. You can uh, be
1: replaced with a small monkey that bangs the symbols together. Monkey Dolan's?
0: Yes. <laughs> monkey Dolan's. <laughs> now, uh, one of the ones, I have actually have s- a small list here. One of them is, is I d- cannot see how big names and bigger budget would have made this film do any better than it has done. Because I think after, let's see, at this point it is... 47 years it is still playing in theaters mm. and that would be the Rocky Horror Picture show. Hey technically it has big names in it. they just weren't big at the time <laughs> right
1: um, Susan who?
0: Yeah Barry what mm. uh, Oh well to be fair, um, we're missing the big one Frankenfurter himself, Tim Curry yeah you know? he, yeah he, became he, he pretty, was pretty big pretty big yeah, for yeah, a while. That was really big I, mean,
1: I think the biggest name they had in it for the time was Meatloaf.
0: And I'm not even sure he was... I mean, he was a big... Yeah. Ma- well, anyway. Yeah. anyway. Uh, Moonlight oh. was actually a film of uh, that I really am glad I saw. It is a very tough film. Oh, yeah. um, and it uh, surprisingly won Best Picture on a million and a half. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Holy Grail was in my list. And another one that we've uh, had an episode on. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, I don't think gosh, really would yeah. have done any better with more money.
1: No, Although I... Given the budget for those spaghetti westerns, it had a larger one than most. But we're still talking,
0: like, yeah. you know, In the, 50 yeah. lira. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what we've got here. But mm. uh, next week, yeah. uh, wait, this week. This week. However wait, this that works. This week was next week, last week. Yeah. We'd uh, Anyway, we'd like to know... Mm. Has there ever been an actor that was just too good-looking for the part they were playing? We're Mm -hmm. talking Brad Pitt as the nerdy kid or Scarlett Johansson as the Star Trek geek, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, especially the, if I take off my glasses, I'm beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, any time that an actor really is just too pretty for the part they're trying to play, do let us know, Mm -hmm. and we'll let you know all about trivia for three days of The Condor. The Facts. Budget. 7.8 7.8 million. Take. Well, this has to be a conspiracy. This film pulled in 41.5 million Whoa. over time.
1: Well, that explains why we, that we got Four Days of the Condor and Five Days of the Condor later.
0: Oh, I didn't actually put this in trivia, but there actually is a sequel to the book on which oh. this is based. And it's the never book- been- Isn't the book six days of the Condor? I guess they could only afford half the rights. Budget! Mm. (laughs) Research! Robert Redford had a little help in preparing for his role as Condor. A former director of the CIA was a personal consultant. I don't know how you hire those or how (laughs) you look them up. I I think they just sort of show up. Yeah. I heard you needed me. Yeah! (laughs) What are you doing in my bathroom? Yeah. This was the only... Feature film to be mm-hmm. shot inside the ill-fated World Trade Center. TV movies Whoa. don't count. I'm looking at you, Mazes and Monsters. Entire <laughs> episode of Mazes and why, are you, why are you looking at, at that? Because <laughs> I couldn't help but remember. It's a mm-hmm. scar. I keep itching it. Yeah. In a very weird twist of fate. Cliff Robertson, an amateur pilot and who plays the role of CIA director Higgins in this film, was flying over Manhattan the morning of September 11th, 2001, oh, and boy. was right over the World Trade Center when it was struck. Mm. Yeah, He was immediately sent to go land as soon as he possibly could. I would think. I don't think he needed to be pushed. What Condor was doing with the phone company, tracing a number by the sound of its tones, was not a CIA thing, but a New York telephone thing, which is why he had to steal their equipment and pretend to be one of their employees, which I didn't get, but there you go. Oops! Um, In the background, in one shot, there's a, a theater marquee showing the current feature, Towering Inferno, and... The name of one of this movie stars, Fade Dadaway. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, it's <laughs> awkward. Not since, uh, Beastmaster 2, and they <laughs> drive past a theater playing Beastmaster 1, has, no, never mind. Yeah, yeah. The basic structure of this film would inform another Robert Redford film, sort of, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. sure. That's yeah. right, he plays, uh, what, Pierce. Yeah. Lots and lots of Oscars. Mm-hmm. Winners appearing in this film include... Redford, Dunaway, Robertson, and Hausman. Von Sydow has not won an Oscar, though he has been nominated twice. Hmm. How he lost for his role in Flash Gordon <clears throat> remains a mystery to this day. <laughs> Later, <so> I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> Director sighting. Sidney Pollack is not only the voice of Faye Dunaway's boyfriend in this movie, he's also the cab driver that nearly hits and then yells at Robert Redford. Oh. He's also the guy that says, Hey, Kathy, as she and Redford go towards her apartment for the first time. Rather Jeez. Hitchcockian of him, wouldn't you say? What an, open, what an say? intention whore. Although he's no M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, old. well, yeah. I mean, Robert Redford would be in many more films, as would Faye Dunaway and Cliff Robertson and Sidney Pollack. And yeah. I've run out of trivia, which <laughs> must mean it's time for the plot. Must be. Robert Redford plays low-level CIA agent Joe Turner. His job? To read through books. Many, many books. Looking for secret plots and information being passed by other countries' agencies. Along with a bunch of other agents, he has the thrilling task of seeking hidden details in the novels of the world. The novels of the world. The novels of remembrance. Yeah. When he goes out to get lunch for his co-workers, shadowy figures gain entrance to the secret HQ and kill everyone involved. Except Turner. When he returns and discovers the intrusion, he flees and makes the call. He's told to stay away, not to go home, and call back in two hours. It's soon obvious that something dastardly is going on. When there's there's finally a plan in place to bring him in, Joe is paranoid and insists that someone he knows be there. They grab one of Joe's old buddies, but at the meeting place, one agent kills Joe's friend and tries to kill Joe. On the run, Joe runs randomly into Kathy Hale, played by Faye Dunaway. Using her as a hostage, he hides out in her apartment, spilling his guts about the whole affair. Using what skills he has, Joe manages to slowly turn the tables, even as agent killer Max von Sydow is only inches away. Slowly, details are revealed, and a second, secret CIA within the CIA itself is discovered to be behind the plot. Can Robert Redford succeed? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say that. Can Robert Redford succeed? Will we be surprised if he does? Watch and see. The film. Max. Yeah. So three days of the Condor. Yes. Had you seen this before? I'm I, guessing not. I, when it came out in '75, I had not. Gosh, this is a neat film, Mom. Thanks for bringing me. I want to see his films
1: about interworkings of the Central Intelligence <laughs> Agency. No, I, I did not. I saw it on videotape many years later. Yeah. Uh, what? what so, just curious. What draw? Drew, what drawed you to it? <laughs> um, mostly, it. Uh, everyone talked about it. There weren't a whole lot of those conspiracy theory movies. There was, yeah. you know, a couple. But this was like a biggie and a big sort of spy movie and everyone talked about it because, you know, Robert Redford and friggin' Faye Dunaway and and also, of course, you know, it was hyped up because this is a Dino D. Horrendous production.
0: I was going to say, you weren't uh, drawn by the was, producer
1: of this film? I was or? not drawn in by Signore De Laurentiis. Because when my Redford die, die. everybody Yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I didn't know much about it, but I knew it was a really famous spy movie, and people used to reference it all the time. What yeah. about you? Did,
0: did you see it uh, anywhere yeah. around the release date? No, yeah. no. I, I think it was one of those films that lived in the back of my thoughts. Like, yeah. oh, that's a movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. It's like, are there birds in it? Not mm. uh, spoiler. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> I would
1: like to take this opportunity to demonstrate my
0: famous condor call. Oh, everyone's been waiting for this. <clears throat> Two hundred and fifteen episodes, and finally. Hey, condor, get over here. <laughs> it's uncanny, isn't it? Yeah, here comes one now. Squawk! Oh, Squawk! Watch out for the window. Oh, that's the oh last boy. one. Uh, nice going, Max. Sorry. Killed the last condor. Sorry.
1: All right, well. There oh, you go. this is so awkward. Yeah, they were well. just coming off the endangered list. And you
0: had to blow it as they fly into <sighs> oh. the northeast.
1: Oh, well. <laughs> At least we got dinner.
0: Yeah, <laughs> mm. Condors yeah. is good eating. Deep fried Condor. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty surprised. Uh, Dino De Laurentiis actually made a, um, well, without giving too much away, a good movie. Mm. Uh, or at least that's the way it has been reviewed over yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, this would be a decade of a lot of conspiracy films. Can you have any uh, any guesses as to why, Max?
1: Oh, gosh. <laughs> 1975. What had just, well, it, well, first off, Vietnam had just ended, and second off, Something happened with some used car salesman, yeah, uh, who, who, uh, Robert uh, Dixon. Na- 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 yeah, yeah, the guy from Hogan's Heroes, <laughs> or was it Donna <laughs> it was Dixon? Was Ivan Dixon? No,
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, Ellie
1: May. No, nah, yes, it was right at this was within
0: months, really, of Watergate. Yeah, and of course, what would Redford's next film be? Yeah, All the President's Men. Yeah, in fact, he was actually studying for that while making this. Mm. So, yeah. Um, I was, I had not seen it till recently. I actually, um, was a recipient of COVID. Mm. And for some reason, I suddenly felt the need to watch a bunch of conspiracy films, starting with Enemy of the State, which actually led to this series. Mm. And, I, and it's one of those deals where you bring up a movie and at the bottom, if you like this, you might like this. I was like, oh, you know, I've never watched that. Maybe I should watch this. And I decided to add it to our list. And thankfully, you didn't fight me on it. I think we should get to one thing before we get to the acting. Um, There is a a part of this film that stands out among all other parts of this film. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that it's the 70s-ishness of this film. (laughs) Ah, We start with a, a soundtrack that is... Pretty much Waka Chi yeah, Waka, right? Waka the Waka, Waka Waka, and then we get this certain type font, and I don't know the name of the font, yeah. but it is this fake computer science fiction y font that you know, we saw it in war games, sure, yeah, and. It just screams 70s, and really, nobody ever used it except for stuff like this, because it was really awkward, but it was supposed to be computery. It looked futuristic, yeah. At least to Dino De Laurentiis it did anyway. Yep, yep. But yeah, this is a really 70s movie, and the, the music will slowly go away, and we'll get some tension, and then it'll chu its way back into <laughs> the film. Yeah. So if you um, find the 70s-ness of this as um, humorous as we did, try and just... Ignore it as yeah, much as you yeah, it, it, it distracts occasionally, but not too often. Yeah, I was really surprised, like you, to see that the this was based on a book called Six Days of the Condor, and I <laughs> wonder what happened with the other three, but, yeah, you know, yeah. that's fine. You have to tone these things down.
1: Nobody cry if they're six days. They
0: cry if they're three days. I'm sure that's the explanation. Yep. That Dino had a Yeah, but thankfully we'd only have to wait a few more years to get Conan and, mm. yeah. Uh, actually how many more I think it's two more years to get King Kong. I think it was 77. Yeah, I think it was 77. Yeah. I have a, a a little bit of of um advice for people anywhere in general. Uh if you're wandering around and you see Ming the Merciless, do not <laughs> trust him. No, no, run. <laughs> get far away. <laughs> Max von Sydow is so good at that quiet menace. And he I'm i am actually surprised that he did as well as he did in Hollywood, because, of course, he was a Swedish actor that used Mm -hmm. to work with Bergman, and he did really well with Bergman, too. And although he has a rather thick accent, Mm. it's not something that gets in the way at all. Like, his English is really... No, he's perfectly understandable. Um, I had a note here that uh, I would love to have seen some sort of spy or thriller-type film that had as adversaries Max von Sydow and Donald Sutherland.
1: Oh, God. I know, right? Who would win? I I think the world would be crushed between them. It would be amazing. It would be like they'd be sitting there looking at each other over, like, a table in an outdoor cafe, and people all around them would just suddenly be
0: keeling over (laughs)
1: and not knowing why. It's just too intense, too menacing. Thud.
0: I know, but, like, how could you end that film? Like, an actual steel cage
1: match or something? No, no. They're they're never that... uh, unsubtle. It would just be the two of them occasionally like raising an eyebrow (laughs) or moving a coffee cup a couple of
0: inches. No, that would be terrifying. Yeah. I I thought of this because we just did a JFK recently and it had uh, Donald Sutherland in it and it's like, Donald Sutherland comes in grabs the movie, makes it his own and then lets it down (laughs) softly patting Kevin Costner on the (laughs) back and leaves again. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. But yeah, they're very, very intense. That's how you do it. Excuse me. You go ahead and do your little acting thing. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to my son and try and beat some sense into him. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's uh, that was Gary uh, Crosby. But no. yeah. Oops. <laughs> uh, let's let's start. We like to start with the actors. Yeah. often. So Robert Redford. Mm. How do we feel about Robert Redford? Well, Besides annoyed. <laughs> well, oddly
1: enough, I think this is kind of linked to your next week's trivia question. He's <laughs> kind of too handsome to to be into. Be this convincing book nerd. I, Not that book pe- that people who read a lot of books necessarily are unattractive, but it's friggin' Robert Redford. You yeah, that this is the guy who, like Brad Pitt, learned handsome from. <laughs> and can, uh, when it's can you when he and that? when hmm. he and Max von Sydow are talking, it's like the Battle of the Blue Eyes. Yeah, it's like two actinic lasers going at each other. But, yeah. I, um, I I wrote how annoying that Redford gets better looking the scruffier he gets. Yeah, it's like wow, <laughs> did they do anything to him or did he just roll out of bed, put on the costume, and go, "Okay, guys, I'm ready. Up yours."
0: Yeah, the other note I had was he can barely just play less than competent because, to be fair, mm-hmm. this this part he's not incompetent, but he's obviously in a much lesser branch of the CIA. I mean, yeah, these guys—he's a researcher.
1: These guys yeah. literally. By the way, that allegedly, I mean, it, I don't, can't say it's confirmed, that is a thing that was done, yeah. and may still be done, is they do analyze fiction, or, or I don't know if they read every book published, because these days, I don't think you could do it. I think you'd need the entire population of the
0: earth reading constantly, because so much stuff is churned out. Man, can you imagine being stuck in the bureau that has to read all the My Little Pony fan <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, or somebody who's sitting there having, a oh God, please, I have to read another Twilight
0: book? <laughs> really? She wrote another? Oh, I hate this. Uh, can we have her killed? Hey, look, it's a 256th shade of gray. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but they, they did, a, this was something that they actually did uh, back during the McCarthy hearings. They would, like, analyze texts or novels or whatever looking for communist propaganda or communist rhetoric. This probably either group was a outgrowth of that, or a, it was already in place. Well, let's be fair.
0: Overanalyzed in yeah. some cases. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Batman will make you gay. Film at eleven. I don't yeah. care. Sure, whatever you yeah. say. Robert Redford. It was Redford and Newman kind of owned the seventies for that kind
1: of. Newman. <laughs> not that
0: one. <laughs> they kind of owned the seventies for that handsome guy actor thing. Yeah. And there's a reason for that, and it's not that they're just were good looking. Both of them could act.
1: They they had real charisma, and Redford is a decent actor. If if you've ever seen The Way We Were, I haven't. Him and Barbara Streisand. It's kind of uncomfortable there. It's yeah, you can see he really is supposed to be that good looking, but he's he's not. He doesn't come across as just as good as good an
0: actor As as Barbara Streisand. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> she is in my favorite movie, yeah, and yeah. she actually does a really good job. Can, but I don't bet her reign Well, I didn't. She, yeah. I didn't see the. What was it? The um, Prince
1: of Tides is the biggie.
0: Uh, I was thinking of her and Chris Christopherson were in.
1: Oh, Star is Born. Star is Born. The second or third remake, or the main event. I or did the, see her in that. Oh dear. Him <laughs> and, what was it, Ryan O'Neal? Yeah, that yeah. was. I
0: think they only did those two, but mm. whatever. I think he, he does he, just he, fine. Does, he does a decent job. Faye Dunaway. Is amazing. She, well, she's got those cheekbones, so even though she's not speaking, you're just sort of watching the cheekbones and the overbite, which well, isn't fair. She does are...
1: a lot of really good nonverbal stuff. She really conveys... I mean, she's basically a kidnap victim. Yeah. She, you know, he
0: Let's picks her at random,
1: part. largely because he hears her say her name and where she lives, and goes, okay, her, and it doesn't hurt that, you know, she looks like Faye Dunaway, yeah. and takes her at gunpoint back to her apartment and says, look, i uh, I just need a place to think, but if you mess with me, I'll hurt you. Yeah, and she is really good at at that sort of barely leashed terror, and it comes out as she's kind of she kind of makes inappropriate jokes at times because she's. <laughs> anyway, as he he yells at her,
0: "What are you? Why are you saying that?" He goes, "I'm scared." Yeah. She has a really... She has, I would say, a much wider range of emotions than Redford does Mm. in this. Redford does scared and confused very well, and then he kind of slips into Redford's competence, and he is suddenly... We don't have any doubts about him anymore, which is kind of too bad. It might have been nice to see him falter a little bit throughout the rest of the film, but really about halfway through, he gathers himself together, and now he's fine. Mm -hmm. I would say, though, that when he's playing sort of errand boy... Going to get lunch, and when they're like, you know, hey, I've got this cool theory, and it's all of his elders in the in the little office. Are like, yes, yes, that's nice. Go get lunch, would you? Mm-hmm. Um, he actually plays that sort of, gosh, look at this. Isn't this cool? Kind of, kind of. Well, Faye Dunaway goes through a number of different phases of her performance. Uh, initially, it's just scared, and then it's angry, scared, and finally, after um, a scene we'll get to in a minute, mm-hmm. she gets. To her level of competency, and I find her a much more interesting character at that point. Mm. When she's like, uh, let's put it this way after the shower, <laughs> uh, uh, she's like, she gives herself a nickname, which is obviously meant to, yeah. to poke Redford. We can't say it on yeah. this show um, a but, spy blanker. Yeah. And it's funny, it comes out of nowhere, yeah. and it shows that she's gained back some of her confidence. It's like, you know, I really like her. Um, so, yeah, she, she has a lot more depth than she will in her mm-hmm. next, or the previous film, which mm-hmm. was uh, towering towering Well,
1: depth. They're, none of the characters in, there have, in those movies have depth. They're not supposed to. They're like, well, I'm on screen four, and I'm done.
0: Well, it depends on how far they fall.
1: Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the way their relationship changed? Did you buy the fact? Because right, eventually she ends up better. sleeping with him.
0: Well, so, yeah, my note about that was that it felt like a very male-centric sex scene. And it was interesting because, of course... All right, let's... (laughs) It's fucking Robert Redford. Yeah. Uh, There's a certain thing about Robert Redford... That And I think there was, I read something in the trivia, I didn't put it in there, where Faye Dunaway was like, yeah, having a lot of trouble being afraid of Robert Redford. So Sidney <laughs> Pollock would come in while she was tied up and screaming at her and doing these horrible things. And then she could be afraid, but it was basically like, I have no problem being kidnapped by Robert Redford. That's right, Robert
1: Redford's tying me up. Good. Where's the scary part?
0: Yeah, but we've got this, I think, a problem, because it gets kind of... Doesn't get rapey, but no, it gets very it creepy. It's a little creepy, but
1: it's a, and it's a little Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, but there's the thing I like about it and again. It's this is a, a, a tribute to the two actors. You kind of get it. She get you see the bond developing because she also begins once she gets past her own fear. She sees how genuinely scared he is.
0: Yeah, I think and she, she starts to understand,
1: him. and she doesn't. I mean, she. At first, either either thinks
0: he's crazy or lying, but she gets past that. My only thing is, it happens kind of fast. Well, there's a couple of things that bother me. Yeah. Uh, it happens kind of fast, and also, um, boy, he sure got over his murdered girlfriend real quick, didn't he? Again, I, he says,
1: "I," and again, I understand it. He says, I just want it to stop for yeah. a few hours. He wants to escape. He wants something nice. He wants something... Sweet and and safe for just a little while, and fear, by the way, is a very well known aphrodisiac. People who get really scared often, they end up getting really turned on. This
0: ah, Max, people. I love you. No, this. Hey. Uh, <laughs> you uh, heard it here first.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excuse and me. Glass. And I would like you to meet meet your new boyfriend, Mister Hammer.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, it. it there's a certain kind of desperation about it. I think for both of them because they're both afraid. But you know, there's also the element that they're Faye Dunaway and Robert Redford in yeah. this. You know, alone <laughs> together, and it's
0: like, well, yeah. What will two people do trapped yeah. in a New York apartment? Will they blank? Probably. Yeah, Bravo Bravo <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, and yeah. that's sort of the meta aspect of this. Mm. We know they're going to. And you know, it just it, that scene felt very much like the way a guy would interpret what was happening. The thing I found interesting, and I actually questioned this, when we start looking at the footage of the scene, as it were, the actual scene, yeah. it's very different in tone than the way the rest of the movie is shot. And she's supposed to be at least an amateur photographer. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of soft focus, and we get a lot of lens flare and stuff, and I couldn't help but wonder at first, is this meant to be a fantasy sequence on her part? Do they actually no. not do it? It is then pretty obvious pretty a little bit there. later as she's coming out whistling, having had a yeah. shower. It's like, how did you sleep? Okay, they did it.
1: But <laughs> no, That hadn't occurred to me. They do do a lot of intercuts of the two of them in bed with her, her photographs on the wall.
0: Yeah, and which of course is one of the aspects mm. uh, of her I really I mean, like because she's an artist. But.
1: There's also simply the narrative convention. It's the 70s. It's a spy movie. There's got to be a sex scene.
0: Well, also, seventies was a very well known decade for swinging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, can I have my keys back? Uh, yeah, they're <laughs> Max in the glass isn't bowl. isn't gay. They're, they're, they're in the glass bowl over there. Ooh. <laughs> so it was. It felt more like a scene. It's like that old story about when. Uh, Pixar first went to Disney with Toy Story and said, hey, we have this movie. And Disney responded, great, where's the 11 songs? Uh-huh. And Pixar was like, the what? <laughs> yeah, the 11 songs are supposed to be 11. It's an animated film. There's 11 songs. So this feels like, oh, it's a spy movie. Where's the sex scene? Yeah. Like, we're going to have it one way or the other. So they don't, and they don't linger on it, which is nice. Yeah. Although at that point, since he's let her go, let Frog go! <laughs> I don't know why that popped up. Yeah, why are you thinking of Sweetums in she, this context? She does offer to help yeah. and become you know involved in this, which, quite honestly, I don't think she has any idea of what a bad idea That's that a probably, terrible,
1: terrible idea, because yeah. she's go, as we find, they're going up against the CIA. Right. And or uh,
0: are they?
1: Spoiler. Yes. Well, kind, kind of. of. Yes, yeah. There's a, that's part of it. You know, he speculates that there is a CIA within the CIA...
0: Yeah. Yeah, who CIA is the CIA. Yeah, yeah. It's like who watches the watchman but mm-hmm. with letters. I do like there is a little bit of not Hollywood in this because when it comes down to it at the end they don't end up together spoiler. Um, yeah, she goes back off to her boyfriend. I th- she Sidney Pollock. <laughs> basically, yeah, yeah, we don't see him but uh we'll see him again in Eyes Wide Shut. See our entire episode, our first episode on Eyes Wide Shut. She uh I think she realizes that this is the fantasy. Like, you are exotic and you're interesting and fun, but in the long run, I don't think this is yeah. going to lead anywhere. Basically, Although
1: she realized she just slept with James Bond, or the closest she's going to get to James Bond.
0: Yeah, and things are only going to get more dangerous from here, which yeah. is
1: true. I mean, she says, I don't think you're going to live through this. Yeah. and he right.
0: We're going to come back to that, because yeah. I actually have a question about that. Yeah. We have some other big names in here. We have Max von Sydow, which I, he just menaces his way. There's one scene where he's painting little war miniatures. And yeah. Even then, it's like, what is he plotting? Yeah,
1: yeah. Is he, who is he going to murder with these small lead figures? Yeah. Is this like he's
0: going to melt them down? You know, he's going to sneak them through customs, melt them into bullets? I don't know. And he actually, in a way, reminds me of Robert De Niro's character in Wag the Dog, mm. in that he has no affiliation.
1: And, and this will come into play yeah, later.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about that later, but yeah, you know. yeah, he just is like, I'm hired to do this thing. I don't Republican, Democrats, East, West, I don't care. Yeah, um, who's paying me money? Good, I'll go do that thing. And. The fact that he's painting, like he brought the miniatures from Europe with him, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, oh yeah, I want to catch up on my miniatures. Wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> You're planning to kill who? How many people and do this? Yes, but I haven't finished my miniatures yet. It's his way of calming down. If he even ever gets that excited, because in this film he doesn't. No,
1: he's not one. He's not a psycho killer. He's just incredibly competent and methodical, and never loses it. Never
0: loses his temper. And even when he gets called out for making a mistake, i.e. not killing Robert Redford, mm. he goes, yes, I know I made a mistake. Don't yeah. worry about it. And,
1: I underestimated him.
0: Yeah. And if I were the guy on the other end of the phone, I would be like, oh, well, uh, okay, then. I'll uh, talk oh, to you yeah. l- later. Um, bye. Oh, we also, we have John Houseman.
1: Yeah. It's a small
0: part. It is a small part, and it's a weird part. And I say that because... He has to be in charge of something because it's John Hausman. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know exactly what his. We're part not is.
1: supposed to. I think that's a big thing. It's like the we're seeing the inner council of the CIA or the you know board of directors or whatever they call them, and he, he's clearly the guy at the top because everyone. It's you can see it in the body language of the actors. You can see the way it's shot. Everyone is looking to him. Everyone just yeah. defer when once. He starts to talk over someone that person shuts up instantly.
0: Yeah, and I some part of me wonders isn't if that's something that just happens when John Houseman's around like well, I would not listen to your prattle any further. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I, John Houseman to be fair, I've only seen him in a, in a couple of things and quite honestly he's let's see, the same. He delivers his lines very housemanly, mm. and it's fine. He's got a good presence to him. He gives you the feeling of, of importance and competence. There's no surprises here in his performance, I would say. Mm. If he said, I have to go teach a class at Harvard, I would totally mm. believe that that's what he was going to do. Yeah, um, that's why he was such a so good as a supreme being. Yeah. Yeah, He just a sort of grouchy supreme yeah, being. Yeah, <laughs> well. Grouchy and mean. mean. Yeah, he's in a Cliff Robertson Cliff, Cliff Robertson the only thing I will say about Cliff Robertson I didn't recognize him with the mustache I kept thinking mm-hmm. Dabney Coleman for some reason I knew uh. it wasn't him but I didn't recognize him with the mustache is um, his comb over <laughs> is yeah it's a bit obvious interesting yeah. I was getting hungry for cotton candy <laughs> but no he actually he plays his part really well because without trying to spoil too much his part isn't what we initially think it is. Mm. Um, we think it's one thing and it turns out that it's somewhat Nothing another. Nothing is as
1: it seems,
0: yeah. which is a big thing in this movie. Yeah, and there's a bunch of smaller parts here like all of the people that Robert, Robert Redford, yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe War- Turner works with, mm. one of whom is his girlfriend. Yeah. I will say in a nice little nod his girlfriend is Asian mm-hmm. and it was like kind yep. of a, sadly, it was kind of a big deal to show a white guy, especially Robert Redford, going out with an Asian person yeah. in seventy five so I'll give them that. They include literally one Asian person and one black person in mm-hmm. this film. And sure enough, it's the black person that they when they say, hey, who here knows how to break into a car? Yeah. Yeah. It's the black
1: It's the black kid. Yep. Otherwise, but yeah. That whole sequence the, the whole thing with the office, which it takes you a while to realize what they're doing. I mean it just seems to be, yeah. You're, you're like, is this a publishing company? Yeah. Except they're the hints are fairly small. Like, wow, that's a lot of You know He has to come in through a secure door and a camera, and the secretary has a gun in her desk, although we find out that's more a personal thing, because she's afraid of being raped.
0: And I don't know who that actor is, and she had almost no lines, but I fully believe she knows how to use that gun. She goes goes to the range once a month, and she's just fine. The only thing I had against her performance, and it's not her fault, is when eventually the hitmen come in and shoot, they shoot her and she literally flips back in her chair like a Don Martin cartoon. <laughs> mm.
1: Well, you have to remember, this is an- another thing that Hollywood tends to get wrong about guns. If a bullet hits you, you die or are terribly injured. You don't fly backwards. No. Even a large caliber bullet, maybe it'll knock you a step back. It do- You don't fly through the air with the greatest of ease. No. It doesn't happen. That... So, there's that in this, and there are the magic silencers.
0: Now, see, I disagree on the silencers because the silencer actually do make noise, and I like the fact that they explain why people don't hear it because all of their office machinery makes a lot of noise. Yeah, but they're silencers on automatic weapons.
1: Do you know how long a silencer lasts on a machine gun? About five shots. Well, what you didn't notice, Max,
0: is between shots they They changed swapped it up. them out. Yeah. All right,
1: yeah. I, no, they were small caliber. They looked like they were Ingram M tens or some such, or the seventy five equivalent. I don't think Ingram was out then. It's possible they were at least sound suppressors that would have you know kept people outside from hearing anything.
0: Yeah, and the other thing I found about them too is that it wasn't the usual put put put. It was a bang 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 as opposed to bang 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 bang. Yeah. So I was like, hey, you know, there's at least some. There's a lot more realism, quote yeah. unquote, in that than there usually is. You're right because that and that's a sore point for you, which. is. Yeah, which kind of, what
1: kind of surprised me is that they were using automatic weapons. They knew there were eight people in there. Well, there were supposed to be eight people. Turned out there were seven. Yeah, six.
0: Um, One so, of them stayed
1: home sick that day. Right, right, right. It, yes, Heidegger, <laughs> that boozy beggar. Yeah, yeah. Could think you under the table. Yeah. He, uh, I'm kind of surprised they went in with machine guns. Why wouldn't they? I mean, just go in with pistols or uh, single shots.
0: Uh, I don't know. Again,
1: this may be procedure. Maybe they don't want to take chances. They're worried about someone running out a window or something. I mean,
0: technically, all of these people are CIA agents. They are
1: trained in something. Maybe. Uh, They're not field... He says he's not a field agent. They don't think any of them... The reason that Robert Redford turns out to be a little more
0: dangerous is he was in the military. Yeah, but he was in the Signal Corps. Yeah. And he he had been taught to use a rifle. But at the one point, uh, we talked about how uh Joe Turner is like, Yeah, I'm not coming in. I don't know who the hell this is on the end of the phone. Yeah. And it's like, uh, how about a friend of mine? I'm like,' oh, who how about uh hey, here's a friend of yours? this guy. We'll bring in this guy yeah. Sam, and so he's like, Well, okay, I'll come in for Sam, yeah, and of course, this is a setup, and they go to the rendezvous point and there's Sam, and the guy he came with is suddenly missing, and he's like, Yeah, Joe, it's me, Sam, and he's Joe is like well, where'd the other guy go? Suddenly the other guy comes out shoots at Redford, Redford ducks, shoots that guy in the leg, and then that guy shoots Sam in the throat. Yeah. And later on when they're going, oh, that was a precision shot, and Hausman actually asks, wait a minute, is he rated with a pistol? Yeah. The answer okay. is no. Yeah. Oh, must have been a lucky shot. And you can tell no one's buying that, which is good.
1: So. Yeah, especially because they make a whole thing that Sam is wearing a, kev- a vest. Yeah. And he managed to get shot in the throat.
0: But, so, man, mm. what a crappy vest, right? Because it only covers the front. Not all of it all that well. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the throat's... An, you're not going to have a, a vest. There's
1: no... You can't all. armor... It's very hard to armor the throat.
0: Well, also, even if you had that padding in front of the throat and you got shot in the throat, you yeah. would still die.
1: Yes. <laughs> as we, As I've said before, bulletproof vests... If you're lucky they keep you from dying, they don't keep you from getting hurt. Those movies where you see people get shot and get up again. Yeah. It's really unlikely unless they're on something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, the acting in this I would say is pretty solid mm. all around. I don't think there's any bad performances. Is this Redford's best performance? No, but I'd say it's probably top 10, it's top very 5. Good, right? it, it is up good. there. Faye Dunaway is great. Mm. I actually like her character a lot. I wish we got to know a little bit more about her. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate the fact that she Basically wanders out of the film. And she's yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Bye. Um, yeah, killing spy stuff. I'm going to go and ski in Vermont. Bye.
1: And he says, you know, you could drive me to Washington. She's like, no, I couldn't. Yeah. and It's like, and, for, you know, it, perfectly reasonable.
0: But it's still a struggle. You yeah. can tell in her; she kind of wants to go with him. It's like, yeah, it's that fantasy yeah. thing. It's like this is really cool. I've never had anything more exciting, and it is Robert Redford. Mm. No, 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 skiing boyfriend Sidney Pollack. i Yeah,
1: lack of being shot. Yeah, and
0: that sort of thing. Mm. There's, there's a scene where the uh, postman who rings twice in the case because <laughs> yeah. you know once he uh, is sent. He was one of the assassins. He is sent to um, Faye Dunaway's apartment to take them out because. Uh, they caught the license plate yeah. of the vehicle that Redford stole from her and going back to the apartment. And it is not clean at all. The no. way he gets into the apartment is really smart. Mm-hmm. But once he's inside and there's a fight, it is a small room, and they are clumsying their way yeah, all over the place. tripping over
1: furniture. It's a mess. And Make I it, really
0: appreciated that because yeah. usually it's this well-choreographed fight. Yeah, it's fight like a
1: dance. And, and martial arts. And, and, and it, this oh. is like Redford's like throwing things at him. Whap, whap, whoa! They're yanking
0: rugs of each other, throwing, you know, Chairs at each other. Yeah, and and there's a point where Fade always character leaps in, and she's you think, oh, she's going to take the guy down. She sort of gets a glancing blow, and then the and guy throws sm- her to the side, yeah. which is what what happened. Yeah, and the the final shot, as it were, uh, is not it's not obvious who's going to get what. Yeah. So I, I appreciate no, the it's fight a very sequence. it's very
1: well done. A lot of the, I mean, it's not a lot of action, but there's some. No. The whole thing, the opening sequence where. The hit squad comes in and kills all the people. is really well done and really disturbing because mm-hmm. everyone in there looks so harmless. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a middle aged guy with the terrible toupee that gets shot, knocked <laughs> off when he falls down the stairs after being shot, and there are the nerds in the other room, and there's yeah. you know Redford's uh, girlfriend. And and there's the middle-aged woman behind the desk. I I honestly
0: think she's the toughest one of all. I don't know, just something that's probably where they shot her first. Yeah, yeah, probably. Well, that and she was. And the the security
1: guard who, I'm sorry, looks like, you know, a school crossing guard. Yeah. And just watching them get mercilessly gunned down is really disturbing. Yeah. Because these guys are it's like there's no real this this isn't one of those oh, Sort of movies where oh, we're psycho killers. It's just like nope, we're blam, you're dead, you're dead. Okay, check, check, check. that's one of the most unsettling parts of the movie for me, and it's one of the scarier aspects of the way they portray the CIA is how dehumanizing they are. Yeah, and how I mean, they refer to the people who they killed as items. How mm-hmm. many items were eliminated? And they when Redford calls in, you know, screaming about how oh, they're all dead. They ask, are you damaged? Yeah. Not are you hurt? Are you damaged? Like yeah. these goods.
0: Yeah. Um, There are a few things that are kind of, shall we say, a little unbelievable in this film. The blood is one of them. It's the 70s. Fake blood is not done very it's well. It's opaque. You, it's still, <laughs> it's, yeah, but you, you make allowances. It's, it's okay. But there's one thing I think you will agree with to me is utter fantasy would never happen. Mm-hmm. Way too convenient. And that is somehow Faye Dunaway finds a parking space oh. right outside the shop she oh, wanted to go Oh, good lord. <laughs>
1: I mean, come on. I know that's a thing in most movies, but this is New York City. New York City. <laughs> the only place it would be less convincing would be Los Angeles. Yeah. Just like no. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. And this is a very New York movie. Yeah. It's also kind of weird they they show a lot of lingering shots of the Twin Towers. Yeah. And that's I'm kind of uncomfortable. I, yeah. It's nothing not the fault of the movie. It's just yeah. history. Well, it's but, real
0: close to. It's not like it's in the background. No, like it's go right there. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're in the lobby and say, Yeah, and you know the cab driver. Hey yo, what do you doing? <laughs> and he goes to a deli to get the orders, and you know it's very New York, but. In a good way, you know, it really, it's like, yep, I absolutely, I don't know where this was actually filmed, I assume part of it was in New York, but uh, I all, utter, it was all New I, I utterly believe it was New York.
0: Well, the only thing that's not also believable, and I found, I looked into this, I didn't put it in the trivia, yeah. is the film was in fact shot in August, and... Uh, yeah, they're all
1: dre- it's supposed to be Christmas.
0: Yeah. Which is an interesting touch, because,
1: you know, well, first off, there are no decorations.
0: No, none at all. There are
1: a couple of sidewalk Santas, yeah. but you keep hearing Christmas carols, yeah. and it's such a weird contrast to the tension... And the horrible things that are happening.
0: Yeah, in the, the end of the film, it's the angle of the sunlight. There's something about the angle of the sunlight in the fall and winter months that you can just sort of look and tell. Yeah, and the, and the, most of the film it, is taking place like it's raining in the first chunk of the film and cloudy. Mm-hmm. The last part of New York is sunny, and all I could think of was all these poor people are probably dying of the heat because yeah. they're wearing overcoats the and poor hats. Poor guy in the Santa outfit. Yeah, they just looked hot. Mm-hmm. I would say, though, in a very 70s way, mm-hmm. it's a pretty taut film and it's pretty well paced. Yeah. That being said, for modern audiences, I'm not sure how well it works. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm not sure how well it works because they spend a lot of time in places. Like, as a, as a 70s audience, we want to care about the people that get killed. Yeah. The only way to do that is to spend a little time with them. Mm-hmm. So we find out little things about them, about most of them. I don't know if we bother with that anymore. We spend a lot of time in New York itself. It's yeah. almost a
1: character. Is, yeah. I mean, and we see early on that Robert Redford and his girlfriend, Joe Turner and his girlfriend, <laughs> have uh, have dinner plans. Yeah. And we find out it's with Sam, the guy who just got killed, and his wife, who hasn't been told. Who, and he, Redford, in desperation, shows up at her apartment and realizes she doesn't know. No, and he can't bring himself to tell her. No, and he leaves because he knows. Oh God, they, they're gonna they're gonna come after her. But he
0: sends her away too. Yeah. Um, up, uh, unfortunately, he sends her upstairs to Bill and Eileen's right in front of Max Fonsito. So the it's only, like fortunately, oh. Max
1: Fonsito obviously doesn't have any orders concerning her because no. if if he has not been told, he doesn't kill you. You know, he doesn't, he's one of those guys, I remember another character being described saying, I'm pretty sure there's someone somewhere paying him to breathe.
0: Yeah, and if you haven't been, if you're not on the bill, I'm not going to bother. Yeah.
1: Some of the dialogue in this is really good. Oh, yeah. I just really liked Redford's line, I don't remember yesterday, today it rained. Yeah. It's like, that's all I've got room in my head for right now. Yeah. I've seen, and when... uh, this, and this isn't the first time someone's done it in a movie but Hausman is talking about uh, the great war mm. and someone is saying do you do you miss the war and he looks at him with this utter contempt like this and says i miss the clarity yeah and you hear that a lot in more modern movies when people like the old guard reminisce about world war 2 or world war 1 it's like oh those were simple wars yeah they they really weren't they're simple in hindsight. World War One was pretty complicated.
0: I think it it's meant to reference loss of innocence on and, both well, sides. Well, it was also
1: these are the bad guys, and then right. there's us, and also you can see the enemy. You know, they're wearing
0: uniforms. They're coming at you over the battlefield. Yeah, the Death Star is a big thing with the yeah. dish on it aiming yeah, the laser of the planet. So,
1: and I also I like the way Max von Sydow's character Jobert, who I kept thinking of Javert, from, Javert. He's the cop in. Uh, in in Les Miserables. Oh, okay. And, uh, he just when he's talking about he yeah I I don't believe I don't have any sides. He, he's he's trying to like almost sell Redford. Hey, you know you could become like me. You could become yeah. an assassin like me. Yeah, because you're pretty good. Yeah, Redford's like, and I kind of like this. He doesn't go off on him morally. He just says it seems really tiring. Yeah, and Saito says no. It's quite restful. It's almost peaceful. You don't worry about sides. You don't worry about agendas. The belief is in your own precision.
0: Yeah. It's like, yeah,
1: he does this because he's good at it and he knows it.
0: Yeah. It's like, yike. Yeah, and that's another reason he reminded me of the De Niro character from Wag the Dog, see our entire episode mm-hmm. on Wag the Dog. Because De Niro in that one is just like, hey, I do what I'm paid to do. I don't, he, I'm don't. i willing to bet he would work for any president. Yeah. And it's just, this is what I do. Yeah. And he gets the thrill out of his work, just like yeah. this character do does. Do we want to talk about the ending? Well, actually, let's get to the talking points, okay. because I have a sure. talking point that is to do with the ending. The first yep. is, what is the conspiracy in this movie? appears to be like a inner circle of the CIA
1: is planning something to do with the Middle East over oil.
0: Well, it seems to be actually an invasion of the Middle East. That, we're yeah. talking about the height of the energy crisis. Yeah. Where folks won't believe this, but gas prices got really high, oh, yeah, and people had to wait in line to get, oh, like, mm-hmm. now.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was staggering. <laughs> gas prices surged over a dollar
0: a gallon. Yeah. Yeah, and, I do, and there was days I know in California there was days like your license plate number yeah even number odd number days you had to you could only get gas on those days yep and stuff. it was
1: like rationing in world in the world war two
0: yeah and just like they predicted and told us what happened gas ran out sometime in the 80s and we've been in uh, oh yeah, hmm. how did that? Uh, yeah, we kind of hmm. passed
1: peak oil.
0: Um, yeah, so I would say that's. Yeah. I would agree that. It's, very it's, believable. it's and
1: it's perfectly believable to me that there would be splinter groups within the CIA because the infighting in the intelligence community is legendary. Yeah, I mean it's so well known it get people. Ex agents write books about it. Ex directors talk about it.
0: Yeah. So leading Completely into the next believable. question yeah. do we believe the conspiracy as depicted
1: I would yeah, yeah. absolutely and when he keeps saying at the end he's when he's yelling at Cliff Robertson you know seven people you killed seven people, and my thought was that's nothing yeah you know these guys wipe out towns if they yeah. need to they, they, I'm sure I, I waited for him to just start little you know, sneering at Redford about that it's like seven people what are you talking about we're we're, we're dealing in millions
0: yeah Well, and you can also tell that although Robertson's character is shocked, I think his name is Higgins, Higgins, that he's shocked that this is going on, we realize he's only shocked that he didn't know about it. Yeah. That it was under his, you know, the rug was pulled out from under him, and he was surprised. He's not on Redford's side. He really isn't. No,
1: he's not. He's on the, the agency side, or maybe. We don't really know. He's kind of an enigma. But as he says, no, no, we weren't really going to invade this is just a scenario we set up but the fact is the scenario is so disturbing if it got out that would be ruinous. Well,
0: except in this case it was a plan and yeah. it was it was a rogue operation to go in and, and uh, yeah, invade he, the he, Middle yeah. East. On the oil. agency's
1: part it was a th- it was just a game theory which yeah. is like well, this is what we would do if that happened but it appears that somebody was trying to actually make that happen.
0: And what happened was somehow Robert Redford's character found a particular book that had only been translated into a very strange number and type of languages mm. and thought that this was worth looking into and sent it into his boss yeah. who it turned out was behind the whole thing yeah. and suddenly his office ended up getting destroyed yeah. but uh, yeah one of the the other talking point i have is what happens to joe turner in the end oh boy because what happened, we see him with Max von Sydow, oh, yeah. who says, hey, you know, my job's pretty <laughs> cool. And Redford is like, yeah, I just want this to be over. I want to go, go back to my life the way it was. And then <laughs> he's talking to Higgins.
1: Yeah. And he's, and so, well, did. actually, I'm sorry.
0: Sydow says first, you can do that, but this is what's going to happen. Someday, you're yeah. going to be walking down the street, oh, yeah. and a car is going to come up, and a door is going to open, and somebody you know is going to be inside, and they're going to be smiling, and they're going to offer you a ride. And they're going to take you to that little puppy farm up north. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, not the puppy farm is implied, but yeah. yes. And sure enough, a few days later at Christmas in August, there's Robert Redford's character, Joe Turner, and he sees Higgins. It's not a prearranged thing yeah. exactly. Well, although, you think he was waiting for him. Yeah. And he goes and pulls up to Higgins and basically says, just let's pretend I have a gun pointed at you. Let's go talk. Mm. And they talk, and hes that's where he's like, was this a real plan, what's going on? And he's like, no, 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 of course not. We would never have really, yes, you would have. No, 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 we wouldn't. And he's like, come on, hey, uh, just wave the car, because there is, in fact, yeah. a car. Come, just wave the car along, won't you? And he's like, what are you going to do? He says, well, I kind of told these people about and it. And he's standing right in front of the New York Times, and Higgins is like...
1: Oh, what did you do? Yeah. But he also, Higgins points out, when Redford is saying you were really going to do this, what Higgins points out is pretty chilling, which yeah. is, yeah, we would do that because people would want us to. They, they'll say now that they won't, but if, you, if they're suddenly without oil and then they're without food, they want us to do stuff like that. They won't say so, and they won't say it now, but if they don't have what they want, they don't care what we do to get it. Yeah, And
0: that's friggin' terrifying. Even worse than Redford's character, Joe yeah. Turner, says, yeah, they're going to print this, and then you'll see yeah. what happens. And Higgins, quite rightfully mm-hmm. so, says, what if they don't? Yeah,
1: how do you know yeah. they'll print it?
0: Well, also, it's the CIA. Yeah. Do you think at some point the CIA can't get something on that main editor of yeah, the, the New York Times yeah. to keep them from... It's like, this story's full of crap. Look, there's, you have no proof, just one guy. Tell you what, for your own benefit... Yeah.
1: Yeah, by the way, how are your kids doing at, uh, here's, in, see we have Oh, I see, little Jason got an A this week in yeah, his
0: English yeah. test. Like, yeah. yeah, like
1: yeah, like that would not be beyond someone, these some of these people in this movie, that would, yeah.
0: And Joe Turner has this very quick flash of expression that he realizes what might be being said, which is maybe it won't, and then he's just like, no, 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 they'll print it. And then we pretty much end the That's film. It, yeah. So what do you think happens to uh, Joe Turner?
1: I don't know. Well, regardless, I think Joe Turner eventually is found um, having committed suicide or slipped in the shower or fallen down some stairs because there's no way they'll leave him alive.
0: And, uh,
1: and he's smart, but he's only survived like three days. He now has to, it's like Higgins says, you're going to be very lonely. Yeah. Because he's going to be all alone. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think uh, that Mr. Turner's lifespan is
0: measured in days at that point. Even if he goes to try and find Max von character yeah. and make himself useful in other ways in Europe, mm-hmm. Europe's not outside the CIA's reach at yeah. all. Yeah. So yeah, it is not. It's not an immediately dark, unhappy ending. Until you think about it. Until you think about it, and it's like, I don't think Robert Redford's going to make it. Oh, good, he has to make it over to the set for uh, All the President's (laughs) Men. Well, we know how he fares in that one, but uh, I'm pretty much through my notes. What about you, Max? Uh, Yeah, I think I've uh, gotten through uh, all my stuff, too. Now let's get to the finish. Yeah. The finish. So, Max. Yes. You said you'd seen this at some point on yeah. videotape, Yep. and do you remember what you thought at the time, every year that was?
1: I really liked it, and I remember thinking, because I saw it many years after it came out, it's like, this was kind of ahead of its time. This was a very convincing uh, uh, you know, conspiracy movie, mm-hmm. and a, a pretty good thriller. I thought it was really good then, and I think it holds up. You, you, it is very 70s, and yep. there's some questionable stuff that you kind of have to take with a grain of salt because of the era it was made. But I think it still works, and I think it's just as chilling as it was then. Now, you just recently saw it for the first time, right? Yeah,
0: I, uh, as a
1: Not for the show, but before. Well... I mean, it was the inspiration, in effect, for
0: this series. Yeah, and the problem was that I watched it while I had a fever, and that happened with uh, another one of the films in this series. So I had to rewatch it because mm-hmm. I didn't really remember it that well. Although I remember this better than the other film. Mm. I also agree. I think it's a really taut thriller. It's almost more a thriller than a conspiracy film, but it's still got enough of a conspiracy that it oh, it's a sure. for a series. I'm not a huge Redford fan, but I think he's very solid in this. Mm. And, you know, he's a good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. You can get along with that for a while. Yeah. Faye Dunaway has a hauntingly attractive face she's gorgeous she's also very good she is very good in this she has a lot of depth to her character and i really appreciate that she doesn't just swoon into his arms and go off forever with him to ski in vermont (laughs) uh, or whatever it is you're going to do Uh, i appreciate that there was sometimes a little bit more willingness to do that kind of more realistic Ending to a quote-unquote romantic affair mm-hmm. than there is now because yeah. I think now that they would have you know
1: yeah they, they it's always like oh now we will ride off into the sunset
0: well now he would have been you know on the front page and a national hero so nobody could touch him yeah. or, or some you know unlikely event like that mm-hmm. so there's good performances in this it's got that kind of I don't want to say gritty but. That kind of grainy, mid-70s New York feel to it. Yeah. Stuff's dirty. Yep. Even when stuff's in a nicer neighborhood, it's not exactly the cleanest. You can, you can feel the gum on your shoes. It's still New York. Yeah, this, is, this is pre-clean-up Times Square New York. Yeah. Uh, if you ever uh, wanted to go back, the restaurant that he goes to to get the sandwiches, yeah. still there, still uh, doing the same thing, uh, which is kind of cool. Those old neighborhood businesses that have been handed down for the last hundred years. Mm. So, yeah, New York is almost a character in this. I think it might... In a small way, attacks the patience of a modern audience, but it's not overly long. It's well paced. Mm. There's enough action, I think, to wake you up, and you don't know what's coming unless you've listened yeah. to this episode. Uh, yeah. Oops! <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, it's still right. worth seeing. Yeah, so, yeah, still,
1: still a recommendation here. Yeah, I would say so. Yep. but uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, what it. Remind us again, won't you, of what the trivia question for they must be thinking about now and devoting their every waking minute to.
0: Well, I can't do that because it's not a trivia question. It's a poll question. That's what they
1: want you to think. It's a poll question! They got to you, didn't they?
0: (laughs) We would like to know, has there ever been an actor that was just too good-looking for the part they were playing? We're talking like Brad Pitt as a nerdy kid, a nose picker, if you will, Mm. or Scarlett Johansson as a, you know, geek of, I don't know, Pokemon fan or something like that, or the stereotypical, (laughs) I know, but in other words, Heather, are they trying to put glasses on the lily and tell us that it's, I don't know, Mm. not a lily, that was a really good, (laughs) you can email us directly, which gets you the most bumpy bucks ever, and that is us at maxmikemovies.com. You can go to our website, leave us a comment about this or any of our many episodes, all of which are represented there. Mm-hmm. You can say something about what we had to say about this episode. You can give us an idea for a series, a movie you think we should see, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That is, of course, maxmikemovies.com. You can also go to social media as long as it is the still currently Elon-free Twitter or the <laughs> always Elon-free Facebook, mm-hmm. where we are handled at MaxMikeMovies. Movies. Otherwise, uh, we have a, uh, a series to finish. Yeah, one last movie. Yeah. and What is that movie going to be, Max? We're, we're going to see
1: Old Blue Eyes, baby. Ring-a-ding-ding. Another Redford film? No. Max uh, Fancito?
0: No. Okay.
1: <laughs> Guy Lombardo? <laughs> Bonk. No. We're going to see Frankie Sinatra. In Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra in The Manchurian Candidate. Mm, along Manchurian. with the sadly late-lamented Angela Lansbury
0: oh that's right yes Manchurian Candidate I don't think that was a very well known or controversial film at all no nobody
1: remade that or anything I know that's the Manchurian
0: if you'd like to vote for Manchuria by all means come next week and cast your vote yes we are
1: throwing our hats into the ring we want to be your Manchurian Candidate wow that sounds bad